Tonight, I'm chatting about being a full-time artist, Freddy Krueger, and really messed up teddy bears with a man who reminds me of a Canadian horror version of Ted Lasso. His name is Lee Howard, but you might know him as quietroombears.official on TikTok. All that is coming up, so turn off the lights, find a safe hiding space, and fall in to Haunting Seasons Horror Talk. I'm recording this intro at the tail end of August as I pack up for a month of travel. First, a conference in Houston, then some time away in my grandparents' cabin in the woods up in New Hampshire with no cell service and no Wi-Fi, just me, my tent, and the lake. I cannot wait to lay out in the canoe and dream of Jason's mutant little body popping out of the water right before the credits roll. Ah, so relaxing. After New Hampshire, I'm back to do some laundry for a few days and then off to Kenya and Uganda for all of September. I'll be out there filming stories of people with rare bleeding disorders, capturing what life is like for them growing up without access to healthcare. These are tough trips to go on, but I feel really grateful for the opportunity to tell these stories, to share them with companies and and with people who have the ability to help and create change and offer support to people in developing countries who otherwise struggle to survive. This is my day job. The organization I'm traveling with in September is Save One Life, and on their website, you can get a clearer look at what they do and see how anyone can help the cause by sponsoring another person for just a few bucks a month. Because of exchange rates, just $20 to $30 goes a really, really long way, and the organization helps people all over the world. This is going to be a lot of traveling, so for the trip, I've downloaded an absolutely absurd amount of horror content. I have a book to read by Chaz of the Dead, who's a friend of the podcast, as well as one by Dan Simmons, who I talked about in a recent TikTok about his book Hyperion. A lot of people suggested books on there, but it was Carry On Comfort that caught my eye because mainly the reviews it got from Stephen King and a couple other really popular authors. For film and television, I downloaded a lot of follower suggestions like Incantation, Allegoria, Ganjam Haunted Asylum, Hellbender, The Last Thing Mary Saw, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Creep, Creep 2, Triangle, and then a bunch of stuff that I found on my own like Nightbooks, The Innocents. Satanic Panic, Leprechaun, Frankenhooker, and a bunch of horror history documentaries and classic slashers. I mean, I won't do a full 10 minutes on what I downloaded, but just know when I get back, it's content, 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 which is pretty much the way it always is. Since I'll be on the road for six weeks, my iPad is going to be my movie theater. I won't have access to most new releases, so I'll be focusing on what I do have. And of course, I'll be documenting my trips as well for my trusty Mental Health Monday segments. That's all the updates I have for the moment. These opening catch-up segments will get more relevant and timely as the months go on and I settle into the show. But speaking of settling in, let's pop into that awesome interview I had with Lee Howard, the artist and creator behind The Quiet Room Bears. All right, so we're here with Lee, otherwise known as Quiet Room Bears, official on TikTok, the creator of Quiet Room Bears themselves, and the short film about Quiet Room Bears, all lots of Quiet Room Bears stuff, but you do other stuff too, Lee. How are you? I am doing great. I hope you're doing well as well. <laughs> yeah, we're laughing because this is our third time trying to record this, but it, it seems, knock on wood, and knock on everything, VHS tapes, it seems to be working now. So for people who don't know about what you do, what do you do? So I'm a full-time artist, which took my entire life up until about two years ago. I'm actually, uh, I can be a full-time artist now, which is like dreams come true, kids. Um, So I, there's two things that I do. Uh, I'm a painter and I mostly do pop culture and horror type paintings and stuff like that. I have two TikToks, one that's just dedicated towards my art and one that's dedicated towards the other art I do, which is making the quiet room bears, which are one of a kind individually numbered horror art teddy bears which i'm this was the first one and i made it in 2001 and i i just made it to bring to like a halloween party I, I didn't have any idea back then that you know this is how i would be paying my bills and that i would be like 700 plus bears in at this oh point my God, 700 yeah 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 
Oh, oh man. So many questions. I don't know where to begin. I guess what, um, so the original inspiration was like, oh, I need something for this Halloween party. Yeah, it was, uh, it was 2001 uh, as best as I can remember when I like sat down one day to actually like try and uh, do the math, which for most artists is very hard. I don't ask to do simple addition. I'm just terrible at it. But my brother and his wife were having a themed Halloween party, which was Rosemary's baby shower. Mm. And they had like this little demon baby toy in a crib and they were going to run this contest of whoever brings the best gift for the baby will win a prize. I was just like, every baby needs a teddy bear. So like the son of Satan needs a a hideous looking teddy bear, just something so (laughs) off putting and weird to look at. I was just like, okay, I'll go to Goodwill and I'll just buy a teddy bear. And I'm just like, I I just try to think of like what would look awkward to look at in a teddy bear. I'm like, well, like human teeth and like missing eyes. And like, I'll put like a doll face in its stomach because it's like, (laughs) why would that be there? It shouldn't be there. So they ended up not doing the contest, but I brought the bear anyway. And just the reaction was just so like, what the fuck is that? And just because it got such a strong reaction, I was like, maybe I should make a couple more of these. Uh, And I'm like, well, maybe I'll make them like different each time. And like, I didn't have the name for them or anything uh, at this point. So I had made two more, like I didn't even start numbering them or anything yet. So I made two more, which were just very simple bears. And I think I sold them on eBay just as like scary teddy bear or something for like 40 bucks or whatever, maybe. And, And then I think for, for years, I didn't do anything with them. And I don't know why my memory's hazy on this part, but just apparently I, one point I was just like, I should start making those bears again. I'm like, maybe I'll, I'll start numbering them. And that way it's like anyone who buys them, they'll know that it's like, this is a one of a kind thing. Right. So, and I came up with a whole like backstory behind what the bears are and where they come from. And the quiet room out of quiet room bears was stolen from uh, nightmare on Elm street three. Sorry. My cat's going crazy. <laughs> That's all right. There, there will be cats in this episode. Yes, yes. Um, get out of here, you weirdo. So in Nightmare on Elm Street 3, there was the hospital where all the kids were staying that were sleep deprived and stuff. And, and you know, in that movie, it's like when they started going too crazy and stuff, they got put in the quiet room. So I just thought that sounded cool, like quiet room bears. And it's like, I love, I'm, I'm a Nightmare on Elm Street guy more than any other. I love all horror, but I'm a Fredhead deep down. And I was also, I love the movie Session 9, which we might have talked yeah. about on TikTok before. So in creating the backstory behind the quiet room bears and like this hospital that exists and it's like the quiet room is, is a room on like the second floor of this hospital that just has like, it's just a bad place. It's like the, how the overlook is in the shining, the quiet room is just a bad place and it has influence over everybody in the hospital and, you know, whether they realize it or not. And, and like the doctors would put patients in the quiet room for a session and he would give them knives and string and, 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 pliers and shit that no doctors should be giving to patients but the room (laughs) would influence them and they put like a teddy bear which was like you know the ultimate symbol of like childhood innocence and then the room would get into these people's heads and at a certain point whether it's their first session in there or later they would start like literally like pulling their teeth out with pliers and cutting themselves off and they would pour like their blood and their the madness of the room into the bear And then when the bears kind of got out into the real world and got out of the environment of the hospital, they become like a, over time, they become like an urban legend type thing where people like they want them, but they don't know why they want them. And like nothing, it's kind of like the Hellraiser box. It's like people want them, but it's like no good is going to come out of getting this box. You know what I mean? It's just that people are just drawn to them and it's kind of like a, a myth. And then, yeah, once people find a, a quiet room bear, like it might look like a normal teddy bear to them and, it'll unravel their brains either overnight or over 30 years. And then it'll kind of reveal itself like what it actually looks like. And then, and then they will start the process of tearing themselves up and making a new bear that someone else will find like a pyramid pyramid scheme of evil. (laughs) (laughs) So with over 700 of these, you know, and, and you're like, you're taking normal looking bears and having to find all the resources and like, come up with the creativity for, for each new one. How, where's all that creativity come from? What keeps you going with all of it? Nowadays, it's got to pay the bills. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's funny. I used to like, when I make a batch of them now, I try every eight weeks or so to make a batch of about 30 or so. But, you know, once upon a time I would make four or five every few months, just not, it's only been in the last couple of years, really since they like blew up 
hard on on TikTok a little bit before that, I guess, that I've been trying to make them more and more. So it's like it is hard to try and make sure that they're all different from each other, you know, and it's like there's going to be some that are absolutely similar to other ones that I've made, you know, and I used to when I first started making them, I would I would like sketch out what they should look like. But now I just I'll just like pick up a teddy bear and I can just like see it in my head. Like, okay, like snip that one's eye out. Cool. It needs human teeth in its stomach. Cool. It needs like spider legs <laughs> coming out of its head. It's like, I just kind of, the quiet room just kind of lets me know what to do with You've each You've become the quiet room. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I just kind of, I, I almost go on autopilot at this point where I'm just like, I just know what kind of works with them and, and what doesn't work with them. And yeah. And I just, I just hope that I can make them cool and unique enough that people still like them. Do you just have like buckets of random teeth and baby heads and 100%. Yeah. It's, I always wonder if anybody like broke into my house and went in, in my basement is where like my unfinished basement is where I make these bears. And there's literally bins marked like human fingers and teeth and eyes and like bear faces and bones, big bones, small. So yeah, it's like, I got them all organized like that. So it's like, I would hope that people would come down and see all this shit and then be like, you know what? I'm going to rob the guy next door. Like you guys have a good night. (laughs) (laughs) How much does creating content around the quiet room bear slow down your process? It does now because for the quiet room bears, TikTok, I try and make, I don't make a video for each bear because it really does slow down the process. You know, like anyone who's, who's seen any of the videos on, on the page, you know, it's like a lot of them are kind of the same where it's like, you just see the regular teddy bear and then like my hand will come in and grab it and like slam it down and scissors and snip, snip. And so, so, but it's, you know, because I, I try and make like 30 at a time, it does get like, I have to stop, get the, you know, get the phone ready. And it's like, I don't know about your phone, but it's like TikTok drains my phone battery yeah. so bad. So it's like, it's always plugged in. Then I got to unplug it and film a little bit, then put it away and then get, you know, I'll get started on five bears and, you know, with the different glues and latexes and stuff that I use, I'll get them set up and put them aside to, to dry. And then I'll start other bears and then, you know, film some of them. And then it's like, I got to go back into my drafts later to like, okay, now oh I need gosh. like a middle part of the video for that bear. And it, it does slow it down a lot, but it's worth it in the end. You know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah. Cause the Winnie the Pooh one you just posted is like over a million views. That's insane. Yeah, it's, it's super. There was another, it might've been Winnie the Pooh, another Winnie. Cause I've come across a lot of the bears I buy are like secondhand, but I buy yeah. them firsthand, whatever new bears sometimes do. So I've done a lot of Winnie the Poohs and then I did one. I could be wrong, but I feel like one of the Winnie, Poo, Winnie the Poohs I did like semi recently hit like, like 10 million views or something like bananas, like bananas. My, my phone was like smoke was coming out of it. Like all the, the notifications and stuff. It was like, it was bonk. It might not have, maybe, maybe it was a different one, but it's like, there was a couple around that time. And I just, I couldn't even believe like 10 million, like that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, like, so I, I was kind of equate being on TikTok, Like when you're driving down the highway, and you look into someone's car and you have like a connection with someone for just that split second. And you're like, holy shit, you're a whole human having a whole life that I don't know about. And then you yeah. look around you and you're like, there are thousands of cars around me. Oh, like, yep. yep. So you not only have 700 quiet room bears and 700 different spots on the earth, <laughs> but there's also 10 million people that saw one video about them. Yeah. you have 1.6 million followers on like, how did all of this accumulate over what period of time? And like, when did you get started on TikTok? That's a lot of questions in one, but yeah, no, no, that's all right. It is crazy to think about that. And I don't think about it often that they have the reach that they do. Cause I'm just like, I just make the videos in my house and then I put them online and I don't think about it. It's funny. It's like, my, a friend of mine, this is going to sound like a humble brag and I don't mean it to be because I, you can come on brag on here. I brought you on here to talk about yourself. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the worst at like, I don't like complimenting myself or anything like that. I'm a big piece of shit. Like I'll, I'll say that before I give myself a compliment, but my, uh, a friend of mine, Paige, she, her and other people I know, Deandra, there's a bunch of people, Kim, they made this documentary that's coming out soon called Fred heads. Mm-hmm. And it's all about Freddie fans. And it's coming very soon. It's premiering at a horror convention soon which I don't like days of the dead. Maybe I can't remember, but I saw it 
and it's fantastic and it's such a love letter to Freddie fans but I had sent in an, uh, a video clip a couple of years ago just talking about my love of Elm Street and stuff and then a couple clips of me uh, made it in and I think she showed it to her her niece or nephew I think and they were like how did you get Lee Howard in this like quiet room bears and she's just like I have known him for like a super long time we've been Facebook friends forever and it's just like I don't think about that that someone's like that's the quiet room bear guy and it's like no i'm just some idiot in canada who like hangs out with his cats and you know it's like it's just weird to me that other yeah. people i don't think about it after i post it it's so know? funny because the the clout is real i get people all the time you know like when i'm replying to comments i try and reply to like all the comments on the video that's active you know yeah. and then once it goes once i post the next one i'm like all right i'll, I'll look at from time to time but like i'm not gonna reply to everything yeah it's a lot of work but people all the time are like holy shit, you responded. And yeah. I kind of had the same thing when I reached out to you for the first time. Cause I'm like, I mean, this guy's huge. There's no way, but we are <laughs> mutual. So you never know. And like Tizzy also, oh, yeah, yeah. the entertainment, just like absolute shocked that the two of you with the amount of reach that you have are so grounded and like, yeah, of, of course I'll tell you about, you know, my favorite queer movie for your little project, you know? Cause I just yeah, feel yeah. we all, I guess, because of how weird TikTok is, feel like we're just these humans living our lives. And then there's like these, like, I, I don't know. It seems like accidental connections. I mean, we're all hustling, you know, yeah, like yeah. we're making the videos and we're working hard, but I don't know. I'm, I'm in video production for a living and right. it, it does feel very different, even though it's like a lot of the same effort. It still just doesn't feel real that I have 280,000 yeah. people who are like, yeah, I'll save you. I'll save yeah. you and my people of, to follow Which up with. So yeah, it's so crazy because it's like, yeah, we're just doing like our jobs, like our day jobs, you know, yeah. I mean? so it doesn't seem like anything. I don't want to say it doesn't seem like anything that people will care about because we literally have a number to show how many people care about it, which is also just weird. I just I sometimes I just can't wrap my brain around the fact that it's like this many people seem to like all the crazy shit that I like and, and make and stuff. Yeah, as, as far as like timelines of how it kind of started like when I first joined TikTok, which was probably Jesus, what is time anymore? Because <laughs> the last two years have been a blur. I um, so I want to say, let's say two and a half, three years ago, maybe just throwing a number out there. And uh, I was doing probably what everybody else was doing, just doing like dumb little skits. And I didn't have the quiet room bears account yet. It was my Lee Howard dot art. I think that's what it, that one is. You know, I, was, you know, I would just do dumb skits and it's like, it didn't even occur to me to do, put like my art on TikTok. Cause I don't think I'd seen many people posting their art. And then just like for the sake of, uh, cause I used to do like cosplaying and stuff, but it's, mm -hmm. I don't really do that anymore. So I'd like, you know, dress up as Batman and do like lip sync some poor shit or whatever. <laughs> uh, and yeah, at a certain point I was like, oh, I should just show some of my art. And then, you know, I, one day I, I did like a, a video with a, like, I have a, this series of paintings called movie icons where it's like half face, a black and white of like different horror characters and you know star wars characters and stuff like these big paintings but i have like prints of them and i showed them all in one video and the video did really really well and i was like oh shit what other series of paintings do i have that i can do this and then, right quick buy more art <laughs> uh, yeah 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 so yeah because then a couple sales started coming in to my online shop i have prints of my work and then this series of paintings i did 10 years ago where I made like breakfast cereal characters into like monsters. I saw yeah, that it did. It blew up. And, and that one, it was, it was shocking because all of a sudden within the next like three days, I had like 75 orders for prints. And I was like, just like packing them in the tiny little room in the apartment that we used to live in and like packing away, packing away and orders are coming in. And I was just like, what is happening? This is crazy. <laughs> so it was just, I, I just shifted to just like, just doing art. And then it's like, because I make the bears, I'm like, I'll just put them on my art TikTok and just keep it all together. But then the bear video started doing so well. I was like, I should just make a separate account. So that way, this is just art. This is just quiet room bears. And then that seemed to do really well. And it's, it's funny how, I mean, you're a TikToker, you know, sometimes you post a video and it does amazing. So you feel great. And then mm -hmm. the next day you post another one and it's like 70 views or like 300 views or something, nothing. And you're like, what did I do wrong? You know? Yeah. It's so easy to fall into that mental oh. trap. And I, yeah. I have conversations all the time with mutuals about like, wait, what are you doing different? Or how is that happening? Or blah, blah, blah. And nobody knows. 
Nobody knows anything, but they all have their theories. And there's all these conspiracy theories going around about like, oh, the algorithm doesn't like this. Or like, if you, if you leave this or you don't use this feature or, you know, yeah. And what I've found really from all of these conversations is just like, do the thing you want to do and forget about it. Especially because recently I've been posting these videos about a trip in Chicago that I took and I, I broke them up and, and made these like little videos and I was talking to another TikToker and they were like, Hey, those videos aren't doing very well. You should like private them so that it doesn't mess with your algorithm. And I was like, yeah, but they're for me, you know, like, I don't care, you know, that I I really just enjoyed making them because I used to make videos like that all the time in high school and college. And I don't do that anymore. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, videos that don't do well, you should just like maybe think about keeping private because of how the algorithm looks at your overall page. And then out of nowhere, after it was posted for like 48 hours, one of them that was sitting at like 1200 views has like 150,000 views now. And it's like one of my top videos from the past six months. Yeah. It's so like, like, you, you can't predict that. You never it's know. It's a lottery. You know, it's yeah. like, you just, it, it's literally like, you just never know when it's going to, what, what's going to hit, when it's going to hit or why. Like I've tried all the same things. Like I would, I used to follow like TikTok accounts that are like, this is how you grow your page. Like if you're going to use a hack, like don't use too many hashtags but don't use no hashtags yeah, exactly. sometimes 11 is hashtags. the correct amount of hashtags <laughs> yeah or if you see a trending hashtag like ford trucks are great use that one and it's like nothing it's it's a crapshoot you know like so exactly that like sometimes i'll do a video that i think is really cool and it doesn't get any love and then i get like pissy or down on myself or whatever but it's like you never know and sometimes i'll post ones that i think are like a, a throwaway video boom and it explodes and you're like well i don't know <laughs> yeah well and tiktok is so huge there's just no way that they're paying attention to every single user's habits no. and, and like i fell into that trap the other day uh i left the creator fund because i felt like it just wasn't doing anything for me anymore and i just wanted to experiment i hear a lot of people like oh i want to leave the creator fund but i'm scared and i was like well none of this means anything i'm just going to do it and i'll be the you know the person who tries it and has some answers Sure. And the next video I posted got zero views over four hours and it wasn't private or, and it wasn't oh. like under review. And then I reposted the same video. It got four views in an hour and then I reposted That's... it again and it got two views in an hour. So between three views I had like in, in 24 hours, I had like 24 views or something like that. Even if I had never posted before, that's absurd yeah, you know, because of the platform. Yeah. And so yep. I posted a video, which I never do, but I posted a video that was like, I think the algorithm's fucking with me. Like, I think I left the creator fund and I'm being punished. And that video blew up to like 15,000 and everyone was like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, oh my God, what is that? I look like such a loser. <laughs> Dude, I've done the exact same thing where it's like my page will stall for whatever reason. And I don't know, maybe it's stupid now saying, uh, saying it out loud, but it's still content, I guess. I'll post a video and be like, I think I've been shadow banned. I don't understand. Yeah. Boom, that video blows up. And it's like, ugh, I mean, great that people are watching, but go watch the video where I show my art. Yeah, I'm yeah. Or just myself. start tagging your art, hashtag shadow banned. Seriously, yeah. I've done that before, too. Like, I've tried everything, and <laughs> it's so stupid. You just have to not try. You just have to only, you know, do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like, I've kind of learned what, works well i think that's it i think the key is like learn what works well for your page you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. with my art page what is doing well right now which is great but it's it's and i'm sure you also know it it, like tiktok can be a bit of a double-edged sword right what's working really well on my art page right now is the fast food monster series that uh, like i've i started painting all the fast food characters as monsters and i've done they're on my wall here you can see a little bit of Wendy right there. And there's 13 of them right now. And they are like all those videos. Like sometimes I'll just like, I do stories about there's backstories about like the Burger King is fighting Ronald McDonald and Chuck E. Cheese, like killed his bandmates and stuff or unalived, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that and, one I do uh, believe in. <laughs> yeah. So those ones always do really well, but then it's a weird thing. And it sounds like such a real first world problem to complain about is like, then I start feeling like, almost pigeonholed into like, I can only make those videos, you know? Cause like, yeah. I, I have a Patreon where, you know, like people get monthly rewards, like sketches and stuff. And I'll usually do videos of, of those, you know, like someone will be like, you know, sketch Thorin Oakenshield from the Hobbit or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'll make a video out of that. But then it's like, I post it and it either gets not very many views 
or all the comments are like, why aren't you doing the fast food monsters? Like people are like kids, maybe mostly probably are like demanding, like finish that other artwork that I want to look at for free, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, ugh, it becomes a little like over. Sometimes I just, I need social media breaks as I'm sure we all do where it just becomes like too overwhelming. Cause I also feel like I need to have this weird urge or, or not urge, but like, and I've always felt like this where I feel like I have to respond to people. You know what yeah. I mean? I just, I feel like compelled to, I don't know if it's cause I, <laughs> in school, I was like, not the popular kids. So now that it's like, Ooh, all these people are talking to me. It's like, I feel like obligated to respond. And like so many of the, the responses I give, like, you know, I'll do a video that shows all the fast food monsters. And then like, there's a million comments that are like, do Burger King. And I have to be like, he is done. And he's in this video. <laughs> he is done and he's in this video and I have to like repeat the same comments. And I'm just like, what am I doing with my day? Like I haven't eaten in five hours. I should go uh, live my life. I I just recently made that rule for myself where I'm like, I'm responding to every comment within 24 hours on the active video. And then after the next video gets posted, I forget about it, but I'll go back and look and I'll go back and put like hearts next to things. And then just like two days ago, well, I I guess when that one blew up to 150,000, it had like 300 comments on it. And I was like two videos after that, once that happened and I was like, okay, I want to acknowledge everything. So now I have this role. I'm like, if I, if I think of a response and I have something like to add, I'll respond, but otherwise I'll just like it. And then that way I can scroll through and see the red heart next to everything and be like, got it, got it, got it, got it. Smart, smart. Yeah. yeah, you gotta like you gotta have uh, boundaries. I think 100 in order to get through all of <laughs> what it yeah. means to be a content. Do you have a like a particular comment that you get so frequently that you wish you wouldn't get it anymore? <laughs> oh gosh, because like I get people all the time. They're like, "Okay, Seth Rogen." Oh my god. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Good one. <laughs> like, okay, got it the first time. Yeah, you know what? A little bit like I don't know if that I do. Like on the Quiet Room Bears page, not as much. It like I get like, oh, Sid from Toy Story grew up. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I get that a lot, and it's just like, oh, that's fine, that's fine. I get it. it like you know, not necessarily original, but everyone thinks they're like the first one to, to think of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what I mean? And it's it's fine because it's not like harmful or anything like that. Usually, like, any like gross comments and stuff like that, I just delete anyway. The only one that comes to mind, I'm sure there's more, but when I'm doing these fast food monsters. I did the subway monster and it looks like a a subway sandwich, but it's like this centipede thing with this bony face and teeth and stuff like that. And it turned out good. But like the amount of people, like you should have just painted Jared from subway. Oh God. Yeah. yeah, Like, and I'm just like, I was responding to a bunch being like, well, I wouldn't do that because I don't think that's anything to like make light of or, or make fun of. Like that's not funny shit to joke about. But so I was deleting all those comments, but it's like there were there were so many of them because that's the latest monster that I did. So I'm almost like I want to get onto the next painting so people will shut up about that one, <laughs> you know. But it's like and it like I I sometimes I would comment that on a video like I don't think this is funny to joke about. That's why I didn't do that. Also, why would I paint that? That's stupid. Yeah, and I would like pin that to the top. The one that I actually just thought of now for the for the bears is because they're all numbered that's number one when i was getting up to the early mid 400s so many people what's 20 bro yeah and i'm like i'm not gonna do because for me when i make the quiet room bears i've always i never wanted to make them like silly or jokey or you know like i've had people be like have them like hold a little axe or like a gun or something and i just i never want them to be cheesy i just want them to be fucking weird things to look at and stuff like i just don't i don't know no requests, no, no yeah. Nicholas Cage bear, you know, or like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's got a fit, right? Like I've done movie themed bears, like a Elm street and Friday the 13th and Sam. And, you know, as long as it's like horror based and stuff like that, uh, you know, I, I, that's fine, but like, I'm not going to make a weed bear. That's stupid. Yeah. Go um, to build a bear, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Go. Yeah. You, you go make that. That's fine. But uh, yeah, like I got so many people commenting that, that I was like, I just, I can't wait until i pass that number yeah so then i can be like i did i think it was during maybe christmas time or something the year before or whatever that when that that one came out and it'd be like oh can't wait to see 420 and i'll be like you you can see it it's a christmas themed bear and it's that video a year ago (laughs) you know (laughs) so freddie is your favorite but was freddie your first my first horror 
Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I was 10. And I was always like scared. I mean, I was, I was young. So I was scared, right. Uh, of horror movies as most, most kids, I guess are like, I remember when the TV movie Salem's lot was like originally on TV because I'm old. I remember like going, coming downstairs and my family must've been watching it. And it like the kid at the window fucking scarred me. Like it was terrifying. <laughs> I couldn't, I, I just, I it was like, I don't like scary things. And then in like 86, or so when I was 10 years old, uh, my brother, my older brother, he's, he's seven years older than me. We were babysitting a nephew of ours. Yeah. It was like a Sunday afternoon. And he's like, Hey, let's watch this movie. And I was like, what is it? And he's like, Nightmare on Elm Street two. And I'm like, is it, is it scary? And he's like, it's Sunday afternoon. You'll be fine. And, <laughs> and we, we watched it and it was like a switch flipped in me. And I was just like, more, more, give me more. Like I just, yeah. like I, I immediately loved horror. So like nightmare two is always like, I'm glad people have kind of come around on that movie now, you know, like people used to really shit on it a lot. And uh, I'm glad, like, I've always loved it. I mean, it was my gateway horror movie. And I think it personally, I think it holds up. And I think it's one of the best ones. I need to watch it again now that I've seen the the documentary Scream Queen. Yeah. Oh, Um, yeah. I now I have such a different appreciation for what it is and what it was at the time and all that. The first time I saw it, I was like, in absolute shock because I didn't know if it was okay to like laugh and have a good time because I had seen the first one and was like, yes, more, this is terrifying. And it was still scary, but it had this whole other thing going on. Yeah. Very much so. Which is why I like, I really love the Elm Street series, even like the, even the bad ones. Cause it's like, I, I love nightmare on Elm street series, but it's like, I can admit that Freddy's dead is a pretty shitty movie. You know what I mean? You know, or like part five, it's not a good movie, but I still love them, you know? And it's yeah. like, I don't know if that's just cause you know, I live in that nostalgia bubble where it's just like, everything is great inside this bubble, even if it's shitty. That's what I love about that series is that they, each movie really does have its own feel and its own. It's just, they're also, you know, like all the Friday movies, are super fun but it's like kids in the woods kids in the woods like they all like even like they look and they feel the same except for jason x obviously (laughs) (laughs) all the elm street movies are really their own thing with each sequel and i love that about them yeah i and i think i kind of view star wars movies this way of like anything past the original trilogy for that one to me is fan fiction and so i can enjoy it as like oh someone who wanted to make more of the thing they love yeah, like, got to do that. And I get to watch that joy happen. And I kind of feel that way about some of these franchise movies that have so many and like I'm watching through so many of the Halloween movies since right. last year for the first time. Oh, wow. Nice. And it's like after getting past part two, really yeah. after part two, it's all just fan fiction. Yeah, all the timelines like split off and various. Yeah, there's tons of them, <laughs> and none of it matters. It's just yeah. more Michael because you want more Michael for some reason. Totally. I can't even explain it. That's the one I understand. I think the most from like a inside way, but I can't like verbalize it. Is like every time I watch a Halloween movie, I'm like, oh, nice. Yeah, but I don't know why because he doesn't talk. He doesn't have a personality. He like there's nothing to him. I just yeah. want more for some reason. S- same i I think halloween for me is right under elm street and it's like i've always liked it but in the last few years for whatever reason like i did a rewatch of them a couple years ago maybe i've really i don't know my love for them has grown even more and yeah same thing he's like there's no personality to michael myers not really but i just like i love michael myers with the new ones like starting in 2018 when i first saw that one i was like it's okay i didn't love it but you know i thought it was okay but then on Mm -hmm. more rewatches i'm like no i think i really like this yeah and then halloween kills which i know is very split people love it or hate it and for me i loved it and i don't care like i watching that movie was like is this my favorite halloween movie (laughs) and uh i mean it's not my favorite but it's like i loved it it's really good it's got great kills it's scary at like like all the modern prequel stuff or, or like the the flashback stuff was amazing yeah oh my god that donald pleasance like was just a guy in makeup that was amazing i think if you take everyone's opinion about that movie and you go back in time and you take out like seven or eight evil dies tonight i think yeah. like all that split and all that like chaos goes away because yeah. it felt like that's what everyone latched onto is like oh yeah, we get yeah. it evil dies tonight but like there wasn't that much wrong with that movie no, I, you know what? And it's like, as much as they chanted that over and over, 
I it didn't bother me because what I really liked about that and that movie is that I feel like no other Halloween movie really showed how much Michael Myers affected the town. You know what I mean? It's always just like a Lori or a fa- or a family or a few kids. But I love the idea that like this one guy did this shit. 40 years ago and it fucked the whole town forever and they are like petrified of them the whole town like gets so worked up into like a mob frenzy because they are terrified of this one guy that they and it was like it's funny because i my fiance i showed her those movies and it's like she likes horror she likes certain horror movies but she's been getting more and more into them yeah same with my wife yeah yeah and then we watched halloween kills a few months ago or whatever and she's like it was fun, but it was kind of a fucking bummer, you know? And I'm like, no, I get it. Cause it's like when he killed the old couple, it was kind of a bummer. You know what I mean? The light bulb and stuff. And she's yeah. watching as he's stabbing her husband and then spoilers, I guess. <laughs> it's, the, in, the, it's in the beginning. <laughs> it's, it's out. The other inmate that they were like, thought was Michael that like jumps out of the window and kills himself. It's like, that is a fucking bummer. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? But that was an I amazing sequence. Yeah. Yeah, just to show the mania that this town has because of this one guy and what it drives people to do. I thought that was such a cool new thing for the series to do. Yeah, I, I kind of went in with the mentality of it being like a stab movie from like the uh, scream movies, you know, of like, you know, yeah. sitting in the audience being like, kill that bitch or, you know, whatever they scream in the uh, audiences of those. And I was totally, totally taken aback by like having an emotional response to a scene in the middle of the movie mm-hmm. where where that happens in the in the hospital. And you've just got this like tormented guy, this, you know, all the shit going on and he jumps and oh man. Did not see it coming at all. I thought it was Same, so yeah. cool. Yeah. So I'm I'm all for it. I'm I'm like I'm a pretty easy to please as long as I'm entertained. That's all I really care about, you know. It, and it's like it just it makes me think of like horror remakes. Like I like mm-hmm. way more than I dislike. I I feel like there's very few that I really don't like. But it's like the ones like say the Nightmare on Elm Street remake didn't like it psycho remake nobody likes it but it's like it's not gonna ruin anything for me and I it just doesn't kinda, take away the original no no and if anything it makes the original better like it makes you remember why the original is so great what you are know? some great so, what are some great remakes that you just love i love the dawn of the dead remake uh yeah the zach schneider i got that one yeah right here. nice because i i feel like with that one it's like it does what any good remake should do which is like just take the core elements of the original a mall zombies and then do your own thing you know yeah so i love that obviously the jeff uh goblin fly uh remake very good um <laughs> that one's classic what else surprisingly good impression holy cow oh, you know like, God, he's it's... like one of those actors everybody's got you know the little bit of jeff goldblum impression but that was yeah it's uh, we watched that series the the world according to goldblum and it's like for a week <laughs> i could I could not stop um, uh, talking like this. Um, and it's going to take a minute to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. get it out of my system now. I really like the Texas Chainsaw, like uh, 2003 remake. I thought that was like super fun. And what else? I know there's other ones that I the always The Evil Dead about. one is my, oh, like amazing. probably my favorite remake of all so time. So good. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't understand how anybody can like have a problem with it when like Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, like picked the director specifically, you know what I mean? Like they had a heavy hand in in the making of that movie. Yeah. And like, so you get, you get the original, which is like scary, but can't be just because of the low budget. Then you get the middle one. That's like, can't be, but like extra scary and like higher production value. Then you get super duper camp, you know, crazy over the top. And then now you have a scary as hell one. Oh boy. It's like, yeah. So you get it's, it all. it's yeah, it's it's disturbing. It's like ugh, like the knife and the tongue and the like. It's it's got some like real. I remember I was in the Magic Johnson movie theater in Harlem and I was watching it by myself because no one else would go. And I was <laughs> sitting with both feet on the seat of the of of the movie theater chair, holding my knees, watching the entire film. Amazing. I was like legit terrified. Oh my god! Oh, the Suspiria remake, also fantastic. Oh yes. You know, because again, it kind of did the same thing with Dawn of the Dead. It's like Dance Academy, witches, do your own thing. And yeah. I mean, oh my God, that that had some the contortion like, stuff. Oh, <laughs> that, that whole dance scene where I, I was just like, 
I am uncomfortable. Like <laughs> this is I, hard to watch. I got triggered back to that watching the um Don't Worry Darling trailer with Florence Pugh. There's like oh. some ballerina type stuff happening in that. And I was just like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That was that was like they did such a great job with that. But yeah, I just I think there's like I think there's a lot of good the crazies is a good good remake. There's there's more. I feel like I remember The Hills Have Eyes was good for a remake, but it's been a while since I've seen it. I even like the Rob Zombie Halloween for what it is. You know what I mean? I don't feel like it's better than the original, but it's just like I look at it at all these things like it's the horror multiverse. You know what I mean? Like we just get to look in a different dimension and be like, oh, that's what their Halloween movie looks like. Yeah. Um, And it's like it's cool for what it is. And, and, you know, if I like it, then awesome. I have something new to watch and add to my you know watch list and if i don't like it i just don't worry about it and i forget it yeah so outside of film television books and and fantasy have you ever had any real paranormal experiences or or situations that you were like no there's no way of explaining that thing that just happened there's only one thing i can think of now i don't think i believe in ghosts because it's like but i mean i also like i don't know so i can't say no for sure but it's like and I wish that existed, but I'm like, you never, it's like never on the news. Like, oh fuck the, the Starbucks is like haunted again. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like that old house, <laughs> like that old <laughs> broken down house and people are seeing a Victorian girl there. It's like, oh, yes. The one girl. with the graveyard in the woods behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always the same. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's never like, I saw a meme that's like, how come nobody ever sees like the ghost of a girl from the nineties wearing a shirt that says like, it's Britney bitch. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? It's always like Victorian looking ghosts and stuff like that. It's and it's like, always white people. It's like always. almost always white people. Yeah, exactly. It's like, if anything, it'll be like ghosts of like hundreds of native people that are super pissed off yeah. because they were eradicated and they are mad and want revenge. And I'd be like, I get it. I get it. Haunt away. You deserve it. But uh, yeah, it's always just like. My butler threw me down the well and I'm an old English white lady and now I have unfinished business. So I don't, and I'm like, how come there's never, there's, there's no like animals. Uh, there's like, no one's ever been chased by a swarm of ghost bees, you know? Um, <laughs> it's just always people. Um, oh, some producer so, for some knockoff Hollywood company is like, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. The writer of Sh- Sharknado or something is like, ding, yeah, be be demic. Um, how, yeah, yeah, exactly. But there was a thing that happened one time. So like even like and it involves a Ouija board kind of. And I also don't believe Ouija boards work because like why would Parker Brothers sell this like gateway to hell? I don't know. That's just me though. Um, so it's like I won't take away anybody else's experience because I haven't lived their life. But for me, I don't know. Um, I had a, I tried to when I was living in my old apartment. I was trying to use a Ouija board and people were like, be careful with those. You don't want to open a portal and I or would invite anything bad in. And I was like, cool. And then I'd use it and I'm like, open door policy. Anybody that wants to come in, please come in. <laughs> and uh, well, I'm like, it didn't move. Cause it didn't move. The only time that when I go to sleep that night that I've ever had like sleep paralysis happens it could be coincidence or maybe i opened the door i don't know but uh it was i was sleeping and i i i opened my eyes i was dreaming but i thought i was awake because my room looked completely normal and there was this dark cloud in the corner of the room and i swear like a little girl was at the end like the side of the bed with the girl i lived with at the time staring at me and i was just like oh my god and I couldn't move my body. And this yeah. little girl like slowly like walked down <clears throat> the side of the bed, staring at me the whole time. And this darkness thing was talking through her. And it said that its name was the alligator man. And I'd never heard that before ever. It was like walking at the, the foot of my bed. And I actually, my cat's going crazy. He's getting yeah. scared by the alligator man. Um, buddy. I'm doing an interview. So I woke up for real and was like, Oh my God, that was terrifying. I fell back asleep and then my eyes opened in the dream again. And the same thing happened. And the girl was still at the bed. The darkness was in the corner and she came right up to my side of the bed. And I I think I woke up again, but it was so real and so scary. And then I woke up or had like one of those dream within a dream, like thinking I woke up and then 
like something pulled me into the closet, but then I woke up for real, real. And I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ, can we stop? So the next day at work, I Googled alligator, man. There was like, you know, okay, this is nothing. This is nothing. And then I found an article from somewhere in the Southern States that before the term serial killer was coined, there was a man who the media called the alligator man who was a murderer and he chopped up a bunch of people and chucked all their parts into a swamp for the alligators to eat. Yeah. And I'd never heard of this before and stuff. So it's like, why did I, why did that happen? Why did I dream about the alligator man and this darkness and the little girl and find out that it was a fucking serial killer. So it's like, that's the closest to like a paranormal (laughs) thing, but I mean, maybe it was just bad dreams. I don't know what it was, but it was, that one stuck with me. Man, the mind is a weird place. Right. Yeah. So what what do you think happens after we die then? Oh God. Anything? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I want to think that there's I don't know, man. I like the the more I don't want to say rational because it's like I don't want to like poo-poo on anybody else's beliefs because people believe what they want to believe, and that's totally cool. But the one part of my brain is like, well, nothing. You die when you die, you die. Do flies go to fly heaven? I don't think so. Like a uh, little dude that maybe when I die, I'll go up there and I'll be like, look at all these fucking flies. I guess they do <laughs> And they're like, what's up, dude? 420. <laughs> yeah, they're all like, we told you. And I'm like, they can talk. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I wish that's I fair. Had a cool answer. I just, I don't know. I hope I become a force ghost or, or, or something or, uh, or regenerate into another doctor. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're wrapping up here. I've got some rapid fire questions yes. here at the end. So coming back to content creation and TikTok specifically, what have you learned so far on your journey on there? I've learned to not let TikTok control your life because I've felt a lot of pressure to like be a constant content creator and I feel like that takes away from creating art a little bit. You know, it's it, once you start getting those likes and stuff, it's like you feel like I got to make more. I got to make more. But kind of like what we talked about earlier, it's like you just kind of kind of do what you like to do and, and put it out there when you can. And hopefully that just like gets you your audience and stuff. But yeah, I just feel like serve the art first and serve social media second. Yeah. What keeps you going? What keeps you creating? Besides like, oh God, I got to pay the bills and stuff like that. I think yeah. honestly, just the fact that I'm able to create art full time now, I don't, I try not to take that for granted. You know, I, I've worked, you know, warehouse jobs and just mind numbing crap jobs that I don't, didn't like, or was very bored, bored in or very depressed by my entire life. And all I ever wanted was to be a full-time artist. And now I get to do that. So even if I have days where I'm just like, I don't feel like drawing, it's just like, dude, you get to sit at your desk, you know, under this like skylight and watch NYPD blue on Disney plus and sketch things for people. And this is, you're at work. So it's like, I just think about how fucking lucky I am to be able to do this. And that kind of just like fuels my creativity again. Yeah. What do you wish the average viewer knew about you? This sounds like a complaint and I don't mean it to. I I wish uh, some of them knew that art takes time. I've had a lot of people like with the choir and bears specifically, they'll complain like some, not, not all of them. And I, uh, you know, I shouldn't focus on the, the negative ones, but I've had people be like, you're charging way too much, but it's like, I would do a video to explain the entire process of making these bears which is goes beyond just making the bear you know what i mean it's it's a lot like just social media posting and stuff that's part of the job and that takes a long time you know and like packing materials and like driving a half hour to ship them like that's work too with a lot of artists i don't think a lot of people realize how much work goes into creating the art not only just creating the art but everything that surrounds it like social media and this and that yeah yeah just that art is a job like any others just more fun for me anyway are there days you want to quit not making art there there's there's days where things do get really overwhelming and you know i kind of have to take a step back which when because i can work for myself i can decide you know what on this thursday or whatever i'm taking a day off so yeah there's days that get a little overwhelming sometimes but i'm just like again i just remind myself how how lucky, I'm just absolutely lucky. And thanks to TikTok. Honestly, it's all thanks to TikTok that I can do art full time. So I usually, if, I, if I'm getting kind of pissy about having to do 
oh, I still have a bunch of Patreon sketches to do and stuff. It's like, hooray. Like, that's a great thing. You'd be happy about it, you know? Yeah. Go make a sandwich, cool down, come back and draw. And that's what that's that's amazing. All right. Last question. If you could snap your fingers, money's not a thing, no limitations, what would you be doing right now? Oh boy. Probably so for for years upon years upon years, I've been planning. I just don't know how to execute it. I have a couple ideas for like kind of okay money's no object i want to make yeah. a stop animation movie i've had a story for years called johnny long fingers and it's kind of it would kind of be like you know somewhere like a tim burton world ish you know if tim burton and harry potter like if they live in neighboring neighborhoods uh jo- the johnny long fingers story because it has like kind of monsters and stuff in it and it's like this little boy with these super 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 long fingers who's kind of the town outcast And then he meets these other kids who kind of have their outcasts as well. And maybe they have kind of like powers or whatever. And it's like, they meet these kind of monsters along the way. And it's a big story. And I've had it in my head for, I swear to God, 20 years. And I'm like, maybe I want to make it into a, like, I just, I'm like, do I make it a novel or a graphic novel? And I've never been able to figure out how I want to create it. But I know ultimately I would love it if it was like a stop animated movie. Yeah. I would love it. It would just, it would serve it so well to be that kind of movie. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show today. For everybody listening, uh, please go show some love to Lee Howard. You can find their content on TikTok under the username quietroombears.official. Information about the short film, which we actually didn't even get to talk about. It's on Amazon Prime in the US and the UK right now. It's 16 minutes and it's very, very bloody, very gory, not for kids, but I'm sure kids are going to watch it anyway. Yeah, it's a super fun time. I'll put a link to that in the bio as well. Links, links, links all over the place. And how you can get a berry yourself, right? Because you make these in batches and they become available, right? Yep, yep. I I do sell them every like eight weeks or so. Uh, The best thing for anyone to do is like follow the Quiet Room Bears Instagram, which I think is just at Quiet Room Bears. I usually keep everybody really updated as to when the next batch, uh, what date and time they're going to drop. They usually sell out extremely fast. So, uh, I mean, the longest it's taken is like an hour. The quickest it's taken is five minutes. Holy um, cow. Yeah, it's, that's when it gets a little overwhelming. So, uh, yeah, when people do want them, they like, they got to be there that day, that time to, to snap one up. Amazing. Yeah. So if you like these conversations and you want to hear more, the most helpful thing you can do is subscribe to Haunting Season right here where you're listening. If you have time to write a review, that helps too. I'm on Apple, Pod, Spotify, links, 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 all in the bio. Uh, If you want to watch my horror reviews and other generally short, spooky, short form content, you can follow Haunting Season on TikTok. Every follower gets me closer to being able to make bigger and bigger content for you. Like this show, this show happened because of people following me on TikTok. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. You know, a bunch of links below. Thanks for coming on the show lee and um hey we did it yay yay, <laughs> yay. third time's the charm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks for having me man this is great